but no one cares about that or our living situation. They probably care about us talking about movies that we saw because we all did our homework because mm-hmm. I don't think we can do the show without doing our homework. So good good job, team. Uh, <laughs> I'm a good faker. Uh, I mean, you can probably pull off for some of the stuff. You don't need to really see Blade Runner for the 80th time, what right? Was, there was a podcast about a show and the host never watched an episode but faked it with every guest. What? I can't remember what show it was. It might have been like a response to Serial or something like that where he'd bring different people on every time and give them the episode and pretended he had listened to it, but he never listened to a second of it. Oh, that's really It did well. I don't remember what it was called or that, what it was about. That's a fun idea. Yeah. That's anyway. Yeah. We have watched We're not doing that because we all watched up. It's a movie that you on Patreon picked for us to watch. We gave you a bunch of Pixar movies I haven't seen before because I've seen most of them and I have strong feelings about some of them. Um, But this is one that I haven't seen up. Um, I don't know how... I think there was a period of my life where I just watched every Pixar movie on release. Like went to the theater probably like with my mom and my sister and like watched most Pixar movies. Yeah. And then a time came where that stopped happening. I had to choose to watch them. Mm. And that's when I had like a five to six year gap in like my my Pixar movie viewing. But then there was some things that I like wanted to go back and watch. I'm like, oh, you know, I I should watch Inside Out or other things. But Up mm. never made the list. I don't know why, because I know a lot of people like it. Yeah. Um, did y'all see up when it was released? I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I saw it in theaters as well. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm the odd person out here. I, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it uh, yesterday. <laughs> it, it's um, definitely one of those movies that when it came out, everyone's like, this is the greatest thing Pixar has ever done. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, hands down, this is this is art. This is, <laughs> this is what movies, this is what animation, this is why Pixar knows how to tell the story <laughs> and i think that this this movie also hit in a time period of my life where i'd started getting into movies and i of course like anyone who gets into movies became an insufferable asshole for the two <laughs> years that i was like discovered movies and i was like i thought i loved up but then i learned more and i was just like i don't think i like up <laughs> because it's too cool to like up mm-hmm. up is like I, th- I was i was always of the mindset first 10 minutes the best part of that movie mm. after that I don't care. Hmm. Um, can we get out of the way real quick how we feel about some other Pixar movies? Like if you if you had to pick like a Pixar top three, hmm. what would that be, Coral? I Up is honestly probably my favorite Pixar movie, but I am in general very lukewarm on Pixar. Um, I think a lot of it is tied up in nostalgia for me as far as the ones that I still respond strongly to. So that would probably make Toy Story and Monsters, Inc. maybe. My favorites, but I haven't seen Ratatouille. I haven't seen Wally in a really long time. I didn't really like Inside Out, so eh, I don't feel strongly. Nick, Wally, Ratatouille, Toy Story Three. Pretty sure mine are uh, Wally, Number One, Incredibles, and then either Toy Story Three or Inside Out. Incredibles, pretty good. Incredibles. I'm thinking Incredibles gets credit for being cool. No, turn, it definitely does. I turn Incredibles off like halfway through. <laughs> it, does, it does. Yeah. My uh, my distaste for superhero movies knows no bounds. That, that's where it all started. As uh, Brad Bird, you done you, you messed up superheroes yep. for Coral. Yep. <laughs> so we, I mean, in in doing that, we might have uh, showed our hand a little bit that uh, Coral likes this movie. Nick and I wouldn't put it in our top three, but maybe we like this movie. Well, I definitely 
watched this movie after not having seen it in a long time and I was like, maybe, you know what? I was the worst. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm I'm looking at it in a new lens and there are things that I will like about it. So that's that's how I approach this movie. For me, the, the high points of this movie are higher than other Pixar movies. For me, whereas just even simple things, Kevin and Doug, like that kind of cutesy animal funny animation that Pixar is really good at. This is my favorite version of like that moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what works for me more than anything else. Joe, what, what did you what did you think Up was about though before you before so we dive in? Up is um, one of, if not my mother's favorite films. Okay, like films, not like animated movies or movie. uh, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. like just like one of her favorite things. She's like a big like Carl and Ellie fan. She's a big Disney person. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a little insufferable. Your um, your mom and your sister especially are like Disney files. Yeah, they're really big Disney people, and and my mom fucking loves up. So I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm familiar with the whole like Carl and Ellie thing, and the oh we're going on an adventure, and oh the balloon house, and cranky old man, and obnoxious little boy, and okay. Yeah. Um, I I know I didn't know going in like what their adventure was about i just knew like some some themes and motifs like i knew going into the movie that the idea that like that the movie wants to tell you that like nostalgia is bad so like i watched the whole movie like kind of through that lens almost Mm -hmm. that's what you got from it interesting What? No, you're doing that. Wait, what, what? Why are you judging me for this? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being silly. <laughs> are you though? Did you think Ellie made it? Like when you when you had heard about this movie, did you know what happened in the first like ten? Yeah. Years? Okay. So that that had already been like because that's the thing that people always talk about when yes. they talk about it. Yeah. And like they they're like oh, that, this this is amazing. <laughs> the first, yeah, <laughs> this this is the best part. It's like this this movie is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually talking about the first the opening se- segment. Yeah. I thought the first you know that first little bit the first ten fifteen minutes where you, where you see Carl as a kid you see him meet Ellie you see their whole life unfold in front of them and all the all the very serious tragedy that comes with it for a children's movie or I mean not a children's movie that's probably you know not doing that or Pixar films justice, but like a movie that feels more targeted towards people. Primary primary audience would be kids. Yes. It's like, wow, (laughs) she had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, uh, that was really moving and engaging. And and from the beginning, I'm like, oh, I think I know why people like this. Like this, this is, this is some really cool storytelling without a lot of words um, just this, the visual storytelling they were doing was, was really cool. Even like the, mm-hmm. the digital framing they were doing was really cool. It was cool to see how they just pick and chose how to do their animated shots. And then, um, the rest of the movie after that started. And I feel like, I feel like my experience was up was like, uh, was almost like Nick described where it was like a big high at the beginning and then just a colossus roller coaster wow. dip off. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, you you definitely tapped into something that I think Pixar is especially good at, and the reason why I think that whenever someone says the bullshit excuse of "Well, this is a kids thing," like you shouldn't really look at it as deeply as you're trying to, and that and that's where I always have to call shenanigans because I do think you can make something for kids while also making something for the adults in the room that bring them, and I think nothing illustrates that more clearly than Pixar's 
opening segment in this movie and just their strong sense of visual storytelling like it, it's all wordless it's all this is pure cinema like mm -hmm. like when people, they talk about cinema like that's this is it this is what it looks like and I, i'm just really impressed at how they managed to convey such complex things so quickly and almost effortlessly and i think it taps into that like old mentality of like Pixar shorts being some of my favorite things before I watch their actual features. Like, I'm like, oh wow, they did so much in, with so little time. Like, how do people do that? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. They told a live story in ten five minutes. How do they do that? That's cool. And it was fucking gripping. Yeah, and and you know, I still, I, I am I'm a big crier in movies. <laughs> I didn't sob. It's just a big crier. I, I didn't sob, but I definitely was crying, and I had no. I already knew this was gonna happen. Yeah. And I, I was surprised that I cried as much as I did still. Yeah, I had I guess the opposite experience. You were over it. Yeah, and I I think largely because it's something that people talk about yeah. so much when they talk about Pixar and especially Up, that it it's gone to a point where it just feels almost manipulative like it's so it is it totally is and it i just couldn't i i didn't really emotionally respond to it this time around at all the only part of the movie that i emotionally responded to was the very end i didn't really emotionally respond to the beginning at all hmm. was it where they're sitting on the curb no 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 it's oh. like here you can have ellie's pin oh. yeah. i'm like oh that was the only thing that like made me feel a thing mm -hmm. uh everything else like even like watching the beginning i'm like wow this is cool but it wasn't like and like I can recognize, like, wow, this is sad and tragic, but it wasn't like, oh no. Yeah. Um, the it, it was interesting to see uh, the the art style they went with. Uh, th like in the beginning, it's like, especially in the beginning, everything's like really blocky, and like Carl is like literally a rectangle. Yeah. Mm. And then we get introduced to like these more circles and colors as like the. It felt weird to me that as we go, like, the movie feels like it starts off grounded in such reality. Yeah. And then it just instantly becomes so, um, I don't even know what the, what the like, 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 fantasy feels wrong, but just. It's fantastic, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Whimsical. Whimsical. Yeah. Instantly whimsical from, like, the. You know, even you just be like, oh, up the, the house is flying with balloons, or Carl couldn't walk up the stairs, but now he's like doing this, or now they're walking around with a house on their back. Now they're yeah, in he's... the jungle with talking dogs. It's it's like it, it gets it, it, from the beginning. I feel like the movie almost tricked me that like this is gonna be like a like like like, like a grounded human story, and then it just goes into just just <laughs> craziness. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like. The emotional beats of it are still pretty grounded, even if it's maybe in a mystical land or there's a fake bird. It's still pretty genuine, normal emotional beats. Yeah. Yeah, but but I do think that there is an evolution of an art style where we see, like, the, the visual style mimics, I guess, Carl's emotional state. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always fun. Like, whether it be... You know, like screenwriting 101, if it's a, you know, the character is, has a storm inside of them and they're conflicted, but also like brooding. It's like, oh man, it should rain outside. Kind of thing. <laughs> like, it's so obvious that, you know, people who've seen like any handful of movies be like, yeah, it's probably a thing that you should happen. But like, that's something that you should be on the lookout. Like, that's a thing people should try and do when they're telling a story visually. Like, why not do it? If, if, if film is the one avenue where we can have this complete level of control 
why not give in a hundred percent, you know, why not have a hand in every facet of the world? So I, I agree. I think it does evolve to, uh, reflect Carl's emotional state, which I think is cool. Um, uh, well, I oh, sorry. Don't like the kid. <laughs> why? He's annoying. He's a kid. He's supposed to be annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you know, this kid. Everyone knows a kid yeah. like this. That's just how yeah. kids are. But maybe I was maybe I was so involved that I was like actually getting caught up in this kid. It's supposed to be annoying <laughs> because I wasn't like oh like they're doing a good job being a character like uh, that I feel a certain way. But I'm just like I don't like you. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> what? I think he's fine. Yeah, he's just a kid. Maybe you just don't like kids. That I mean, maybe yeah. that's a real thing. Maybe I just don't like kids. Uh, one of the things that really stood out to me and the one thing that I just had a hard time thinking as like, how can a kid watch this in a way and not like feel uncomfortable to some extent is the opening after, you know, where we've established Carl's an old man, old bitter man now. You know, he has the drudgery of his everyday life. He's taking the motorized seat down the stairs and like the world he's in. Mm -hmm. I feel like this would be the confusing part for a six-year-old where it's just like, why is his house alone and there's skyscrapers surrounding it? Who are these men who want his house? Why do they want his house? And like, you turn to your son in the movie and be like, well, you see, Johnny, gentrification. <laughs> and well, I mean, that's what this movie's doing. And I think it's saying in a way that's super interesting. And I think it's a, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. And I think a kid will feel uncomfortable watching this scene where it all culminates with Carl hitting the construction yeah. worker over the head and causing him to bleed. Like, I don't think I've ever it seen... feels really serious, right? I, I've never seen blood in a Pixar movie. And then I was mm -hmm. like, oh my, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's just like the idea that... I kind of get the sense that Carl, Carl has like maybe slight like Alzheimer's. Like he is of the age where his body and mind are starting to unravel a little bit. And nothing makes that more clear than everyone looking at him everyone seeing this conflict as an opportunity to get the upper hand so they can finally kick this old man and just let the world forget about this old man that's a part that hit me pretty hard this movie was so fantastical and to the point that like oh is carl just like an old man who's losing his faculties i spent at least half the film being like well this is just like a dream right? <laughs> or it's heaven right because it's paradise falls and he's chasing his dead wife to yeah. paradise yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. For I'm like, oh, well, this is getting so absurd and, and mystical that this just is like some kind of pre-death. We're going to see him in the hospital bed at the end. Yeah. And I was fully expecting that ending. <laughs> Dude, that would have been dark. <laughs> I feel like there's a draft for the script somewhere where like, we can't do it. This is a kid's movie. <laughs> I, I, I do see the logic, though. Like, I, I think that's still equally poetic in, mm -hmm. in, in, to some extent like it's very simple but it's you know i think that's a, an interesting idea that that is conveyed and i i would buy it if someone was like this is the reason why he's dead throughout the whole movie <laughs> like i would believe that 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 conspiracy theory or whatever yeah um but I, I think where this movie really dives off the deep end for me is once they get to paradise falls mm -hmm. that's when i feel myself losing steam because i feel like everything up until this point has been kind of supplementing the idea and complementing the idea of, you know, living in the past versus, you know, trying to live for the now. And I think a lot of that is done very well up until Paradise Falls. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are moments of it still in Paradise Falls, but I feel like 
I'm not interested in any of the action that's happening. Like I'm not interested in any of the 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 big reveals of mm-hmm. you know this this adventurer that Carl looked up to his entire I'm life. So disinterested in that conflict. Yeah, and I like I get where they're trying to go with it because it's like, hey, if you don't change, Carl. You're going to be like this guy living mm-hmm. in the past. And isn't that bad? And I don't, I don't think that the movie, at least in my opinion, I don't think this movie is saying nostalgia is bad. I think it's saying nostalgia can be deadly if that's where you live. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, there, it's a drug. And if you imbibe too much, you can overdose. Yeah, and like, let go of grief. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I feel like the whole, like... Carl carrying his house around was like, you know, well, I literally am, am, am shepherding all my grief. Mm. And then he finally lets it go. And it's like, oh, look, he's happy now. Because yeah. he's like not caught up as much on, you know, the dead wife. It's like, well, I guess I have new people in my life that I can be happy about. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I See, I don't know. Letting go seems so harsh. I don't know that he lets, I, I think he's like learning, it's like learning to live with it. Because I feel like if I left the movie with letting go, then I would be like, that's wrong. <laughs> if someone said you have to let go, I don't think that's true. I think you got to live with it. That, I think that's something like Babadook did very well. The, it's a Australian horror movie. And I, I think a lot of, there's, I think there's a lot of similar themes actually between the <laughs> Babadook and Up. And I think it all, uh, I, I didn't. I don't inherently disagree, but I think that there is a little bit of a gray area. Like, does he let go? I don't. I don't know. Does he? Does he learn to cope? He gets rid of all yeah. the shit in the house, and then literally the house, and then the pin too. He just, he's just like he he goes but from zero to hundred. He has none but of it now. None of that's actually his wife. None of that is actually the life he had with yeah. her. And I think it's more about learning to disconnect and not hoard every little thing you have from your past and letting that bog you down and just remembering what was meaningful about that and carrying that with you instead. I should take that message. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think I was being so roundabout about it? I'm just kidding. Uh, No, yeah, I, I I think there's a good message here for not only kids but also adults. I think this will cause a lot of people to uh, I mean, if they think about movies after they watch them, I do think this is one that'll cause you to be like, you know, maybe I do hold on to things too too dearly in the past. Maybe I do live in nostalgia uh, too deeply, and mm-hmm. that can be a problem. And I can I see how that can be a problem. Um, but I, I think the magic of Pixar is that they take a message that's so deep and heavy like that, and they complement it and counterbalance it with a dog with a, a screwed up voice changer mm-hmm. who's like a very scary dog but a super squeaky voice like that that's a hilarious that's a good mm-hmm. idea funny yeah i wrote i wrote that <laughs> down i'm like i like that they made the, the this big bad dog have the funniest voice because it's just this fun dichotomy and then i also immediately wrote down i watched the movie that rottweilers are not inherently bad dogs <laughs> fuck that stereotype god <laughs> damn it well you know as a proud rottweiler owner I don't think not he, the case. he's not bad. He's just doing what his master told him. Yeah, all the dogs are bad. They have like a <laughs> Doberman bad. Pincher and a Bulldog and a Rottweiler to yeah. be the scary dogs. And like the <laughs> Golden Retriever Lab mix is like the, hey, I'm dumb and fun. <laughs> like, they, they, this, is, this is dog racism. And I'm not afraid to call it out. <laughs> <laughs> but crank, though. <laughs> I... I does, can, can we talk about, um, does this movie feel like it moves very fast to you? 
It starts fast and then it, it slows way down for me and feels too long. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like once once we get to Paradise Falls, I'm like, all right, let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. I gotta I gotta I got some games I gotta play. <laughs> it's not necessarily that, that the movie feels too long or that like the pacing is weird. It feels like there's a lot of like jumps in time that happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean even <laughs> I mean the travel before they land, just the balloon travel is wild, right? He's, where does he start? Somewhere maybe? Like, maybe New like York? A, New York? If or I almost get like a, a southern city almost, okay. maybe like a Birmingham or something. Uh, and he's going to South America. Nothing more specific. He has a map of South America. Nothing around South America. It might be in just Venezuela. Big, yeah, but he's just going to South America. He falls asleep for eight hours and he's there. <laughs> Hey, man, I don't, no one's measured how fast that many balloons can travel. I don't know. <laughs> in in my brain, I've always wanted to nitpick dumb stuff like that, which I shouldn't be doing in an animated film. If anything, I'm like, I feel bad. Could, could you imagine how much money that helium would cost? <laughs> he, he worked at a theme park selling balloons. He might have just stolen it. There's so much helium, dude. What if he was like? That's the movie I want to see, like him <laughs> hoarding all the helium. They're like, yeah, I think the old man's stealing the helium. Like, we gotta, we gotta investigate. No, but this is one of those things. Okay, I've, I've been wanting to talk. This is a perfect excuse to talk about plot holes. Mm -hmm. A lot of things. I think plot holes is a thing now with the rise of quote. I'm doing air quotes again. Film Twitter. Yeah. Where they're like, this movie has too many plot holes. How is an old man gonna travel to South America that quickly <laughs> with balloons? How can a balloon house float? Everything wrong with Up in seven and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah. like it's one of those like cinema. That video probably exists. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> it's, it does. And it's probably made by a channel called Cinema Sins, and then they just think that everything is like, this is too far fetched. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. It's like motherfucker, that doesn't matter. The, it, the the plot of the movie isn't predicated about the the, the logistics of a house traveling via yeah. balloons to South America. Plot holes are things that are like, I don't buy this character arc. I don't believe that Carl doesn't give a shit about the past anymore. That would be a plot hole. That is something you should call out. Mm -hmm. Balloon, a house traveling via balloon and the logistics of which it's not a plot. <laughs> That's just one of those like, it, it's a it's a leap in logic that you that you subconsciously submit yourself to when you watch a movie. It's it's suspension of disbelief, but not enough that's detrimental to the movie. Yeah, and it is, it's a movie, I mean, the cover of the movie is a house traveling by <laughs> balloons. Yeah. That's not possible, but that doesn't matter because that is what this movie is about. So yeah. to try and apply logic to that is just an unfair way to treat a movie. Why do people want to apply logic to Up, but then they're like, well, toys do just talk in <laughs> Dude, I like, bet you Cinema Sins also said something about that. See, I know, I know. I think Cinema Sins can be funny. Oh no, I think they're the worst. I, I think <laughs> you guys understand what I'm saying, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, you guys. No. I'm saying this because eventually this episode will release publicly after maybe a few months from now. We're planning on do something like release all of our mm. some, some a batch of content for the weird time for a public production. Talk. But but I'm saying. I think this is a message that more people need to hear yeah. <laughs> because that's not criticism. That's not what criticism looks like. I think a similar, smaller version of this argument that people get more readily is like continuity errors. Yeah. Is if, if someone puts their cup down in the next cut, they're holding it. That doesn't, that's not a necessarily an error or a deep flaw in a movie. If everything else happened happening, feels right and flows right and it's the best performance and you're only going to notice that the third time you watch the movie 
then that's fine. Yeah. And you also don't need to see literally everything that would realistically happen yeah. in a scene because no one wants to watch real life. You don't go to a movie to watch real life. You go to watch a heightened version of it to some extent. Yeah. You go to watch <laughs> the colorful birds and talking dogs. Dude, but that Doug is pretty cute though. I, I love that bird. The, the bird. Very much. The, I like the bird way more than Doug. <laughs> I like all of them. I think that, that this is a fun cast of characters. It's a good ensemble. Uh, the kid's pretty. <laughs> he's the heart. Yeah. He's he's Carl, but as a kid. He's the, he's the exact he's Carl. <laughs> <laughs> that the, the, he's supposed to be Carl. <laughs> He's not Carl. He's too round to be Carl. Carl is pretty round in the beginning. Yeah, he's... Fuck. He starts as a bunch of circles, and then he becomes a bunch of squares. Yeah, dude. Maybe pay attention a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's focusing on why a fucking balloon house <laughs> Excuse me. I... 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 Do... Wow. I think I had a stroke. <laughs> um... We, we talked for, for a minute about, you know, Paradise Falls or the whole, like second act of the movie and it like maybe being too long or feeling weird um but the 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 third act is also kind of odd to me too going and hanging out with uh this old explorer dude in his airship and kind of it's cool that they really have like wow this is a museum of the past mm. um but like to go from weird dinner scene to sword fight scene to epic blimp adventure like it's it, it's uh it's almost like I wish there was more of that and less of whatever was in the middle. Oh, I kind of feel the opposite. I The whole blimp, all the blimp stuff doesn't work for me. It feels to... The conflict of this movie is, is an internal conflict. It is a man versus himself conflict. And it feels too literally externalized once it gets to that guy in this blimp for me. And I don't enjoy it as much. They'd have a literal sword fight with each other. Yeah. <laughs> How much more external conflict can you get? Yeah. Like, I, I completely agree, Cole. And I think that that might be because I, this feels like a weird pat, like, oh, this is an offhanded thing to say. But I do feel like it's because it's a kid's movie mm -hmm. and that they are trying to have this is the villain. Yeah. And like, oh, this is what he'll look He's like, kids. He's really evil. Yeah. He's I, incredibly evil. And, and I, I do wonder if a better version of like maybe a more, maybe not as kid accessible version of this movie is Carl and Ellie's lifelong dream is not only to go to Paradise Falls, but also to maybe find this temple or something that this adventure they both looked up to tried to find and in doing so went missing. And maybe if, if, if it's Carl and Ellie's dream to follow in the footsteps of this man. And I think the moment of realization is like Carl's going to have to give up achieving his goal. And it's going to involve trying to rescue the kid. Like I think there's something there where it's like I have to give up my childhood dream in order to save this kid. And in doing yeah. so, that's how I, I, I have my catharsis, how I have my art. I think there's something that is maybe a little bit better. That would be more interesting for us, but maybe a little bit less so for kids. Yeah. Or even if that character was less evil conflict enemy guy and more of just like a, a sad Howard Hughes figure yeah. that they come across who's been like yeah. alone and wasted his life on these old dreams he had. Yeah. I, I think there's a better movie here, but I think I understand why the choices were made that 
made it into the final film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, even just thinking about how do you produce like a kid's movie? Because ultimately you do have to make something that, you know, is primarily for them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you tack on like themes that help with watchability or things that older people get or things that you might, you know, watch the kid and then watch it 10 years later and be like, oh, I never, it's like a different movie. Like that's cool. But when you're primarily like, how do you make a movie for, for a child? I feel like it's hard to get in that headspace. It's a very interesting job that they have, you know. And, and we've made children's television. <laughs> I would say it's super interesting to watch this. And I know I don't think any of you two have watched this, but um, watching this again in 2020, um, I think the recent HBO adaptation or like adaptation slash sequel to Watchmen is in similar territory as Up in that Up feels like something that is designed for kids whereas Watchmen feels inherently designed for adults and they both tackle the theme of nostalgia and I would argue basically the same message as that mm. in a way that's like, huh, this is what a, a movie, like if Pixar was like, nah, we're just going to make a gritty movie for adults. <laughs> like I could see how that movie also gets made too. So like there's, you know, if this if that didn't work out for you, there's other movies about nostalgia out there that I think also handle it very well. So there's... Uh, it's interesting to just to watch that now, now having watched Watchmen. It's a little bit of a side, but just a thing that reminded me of the show. Hmm. I'm glad the dogs didn't die when they fell off the cliff. They're, they're so careful every time a dog gets hurt to very quickly cut back yeah. to the dog. The dog's fine. Yes. That was every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm like watching that. I'm like, did they just kill like 30 dogs in the Pixar movie? That's crazy. And then to, to cut right back to... Oh, no, they're fine. They're just a little wet. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think Carl hitting that construction work over the head is the darkest thing I've ever seen in a Pixar movie. Like, like the actual most adult thing I've ever yeah, seen in a and, Pixar movie. And a complex bad feeling. It's not a, a flat sadness like a beloved person dying. It is, it is a shame and a regret and a lostness tied to violence but committed by your main character. It is like – it is a bad, messy feeling, which I – I think kids' movies especially steer away from anything like that these days. Yeah. And they take it one step further because, I mean, you know, they use it as a method to ultimately get rid of his house. Yeah, that's kind of his inciting incident. Like, in another movie, had this been a more, he just would have killed that man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he would have been like, well, I've already come this far. Time to shoot the construction worker in the head. Like, run from the cops. Yeah. Dude, it would have been like Crank 2. Please no. With balloons. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Adrenaline. Man, poor. He just wants to live in the past. There's some Tumblr deviant art that just does like gritty fan art of Pixar movies. Oh, I, I think I've seen that like literally every day on Reddit. <laughs> so yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's fun that, you know, they, they play around with more adulty things or like jokes that I feel like if I were to watch the movie 10 years ago, I never would have got like when they're talking, when the people come to take him to the old folks home and they're like, oh, well, you know, he's probably just peeing again. Mm-hmm. There's like, I, I really enjoy all that stuff that, that feels like it's littered with uh, these, these double entendres and jokes for us in a kid's movie. No. Yeah, I think that's, that's smart writing. And yeah. I think that's the thing that a lot of people are like, well, it's just for kids. Like, no, you can make something, like, just be better. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Easy. How, how does Pixar make, like, Up and Wally, and then also The Good Dinosaur and Cars? 
I mean, Cars did really well. Cars is like their most popular franchise, right? Yeah, but that's because the people who like Cars, you like can't, no one, no one has more than a second grade education. Is like, dude, I love Cars. You can't, you can't talk shit on Cars if you haven't seen. I haven't seen Cars. That's why I don't talk shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch Cars one day and then I'll talk shit about it. Yeah, but until then, I will not talk shit about. It. But yeah, Good Dinosaur. I don't know how that gets me. <laughs> it, it just feels so different. You can't swing. You can't. You can't bat a hundred every time, baby. But they did for a long time. And I think was up when they were kind of slumping and they're like, oh, hey, here's a good movie again. I think it's after Cars 2. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's see. Timeline. I'm not sure about the vamp a little. Let me look at the what timeline. Did, what are some of the bad Pixar movies? Like, what do you consider failures? Any of the sequels? Good Dinosaur, Cars 2. I don't think Finding Dory like particularly did well, but I haven't no. seen it, so I don't know for sure. It wasn't great. And it was also pretty recent. Which one? Uh, Finding Dory. Oh, okay. I don't think Brave did well. Oh, I did not like Brave at all. Yeah. Um, I know people are really mixed on Inside Out and also the second Incredibles movie. Most, I think the sequels sans the Toy Story ones are bad. I think that's probably a fair. I think that's, yeah. I think it's a common viewpoint. Yeah. I think Toy Story is the only one where people are like, the sequels are actually pretty damn good. I think that's yeah. the only one. And I don't know if that's my nostalgia talking, but I feel like I can look at those in a way where I'm like, yeah, I'm nostalgic. But I do think Toy Story 3 has a fantastic message. I think Toy Story 3 is good. I'm not hot on 2 or Everyone 4. Everyone seems to love 2. I like 2. I think 3 is the best one. I haven't seen 4. I'll probably do that soon because it's on the Virgin Galantic flight. <laughs> it's a good plane movie. Where? I feel like I might be able to watch it while subtly doing something else. Oh, their new movie with Chris Pratt, Tom Holland looks bad onward. Oh. Where oh. it's like a fantasy buddy, like travel yeah. road trip movie. That one doesn't look good at all. Yeah. Um, they have a movie though where about like um, the afterlife coming up about someone who uh, a jazz musician not Coco who dies. Oh, Coco! Coco's fantastic. Coco's my favorite Pixar movie. I always forget that. Coco's definitely my favorite. Oh, I forgot that. I, I thought that was Disney Animation Studios. No, no, it's Pixar. Coco's Pixar. Oh, then yeah, that's my number one. It's about Mexicans. Absolutely. <laughs> wow, really pandering here. <laughs> I, I I like Coco, but I don't think it's as good as the other ones that I named. Pixar. Um, uh, Coco's great. Yeah, I, I I think Coco's fun. It's it's um. I up just I I feel like I liked it. I don't have a lot of bad stuff to say about it, but it really didn't do anything special for me like other Pixar or animated films have or films have if you just want to yeah. be broader like like it just didn't it, it felt pretty okay. Yeah. Consistently mm -hmm. okay. Cool cool themes, cool artwork. Um love the style they went with, love the colors. Yeah. Um, the beginning is obviously remarkable, but I mean, that's nothing new in the year that we're talking about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think looking back at high school, Nick being very overly harsh on this movie, I might've been a little overly harsh, <laughs> but I'm like, I was mostly right. <laughs> well, I feel like the most interesting thing about this movie is its first act. And I think everything after that struggles. Like, I think it's full of fun characters. And I think that's the thing I took for granted when I was, you know, first getting into film. But I think for the most part, I think a lot of the magic of this movie is just uh, the visual storytelling that Pixar is known for and the fun characters. Yeah. I don't see myself watching up again, but like I can probably go turn on Wally -E right now and be like, "Fuck, that's still really good." I should do that just to just to like see if I actually like that that much, as much as I think I do. You got to tell your mom what you just said about up. <laughs> what? Oh, sh 
my mom is probably at home right now watching like the Real Housewives of Orange County. She shouldn't there's be able to. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with watching reality. Have a but she also watches it in standard definition. Which no, makes come on. <laughs> no, that's the way they intended it, right? That's the most successful. Four by three? Yeah, dude. Who cares? HD, digital age? Nah, dog. Everything looks better in standard definition. <laughs> it's okay. She won't hear this. Up, up is not not in, in my in my Pixar Apple Echelon, but it's not bad. But where, That's the wrap up. <laughs> but where is it, uh, Coral? How did you? Well, hold on, real quick. How, mm -hmm. Coral? How did you feel about? You said this is one of your faves. Yeah, your for fave? Pixar. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you still feel that way? Um, yeah, yeah. Is there something you like less this time that you were like, oh, I guess I didn't really think about that or anything stand out? I to just you? it it dragged for yeah, me, drags. but I I feel that way. I think honestly about most Pixar movies, and it's not. I don't know how much of it is a comment on the movies themselves versus my attention span for the tone of a Pixar movie. Yeah. And even if you look at the types of movies that are my favorite movies, they're not the mood of a Pixar movie. And it, it doesn't flow in that way. And I think it's just Pixar movies don't jive with me as well as they do for a lot of other people is the big thing. But all that said, I think Up is still has more for me than a lot of others. There you go. It's a... Uh... It's above the Green Book. It beats the Green Book line of movies. But it's below Crank? No, 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 no. It's above Crank. Okay. Wait. <laughs> crank is below Green Book. I think Crank is below Green below, Book. Okay. Okay. So, so racism, less racism. <laughs> up. <laughs> I got it. Then no. Blade Runner. <laughs> I think I, I, I liked it more than Blade Runner. Okay. Um, but I don't know if I liked it more than The Virgin Suicides. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucked up, what we're doing. This isn't right. What? Why? Can I? Can I not have a subjective list? Why? Why do my opinions have to be so so it's, good? It's just a very funny collection of movies. <laughs> See, I feel like now we're starting to veer into territory where, of online commenters. Would you have to be able to objectively say one thing is better than the other? <laughs> and this list proves it. Like I'm like, oh no, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Does there need to be like a disclaimer that the list is based on personal enjoyment at time of viewing? Nah, dude, art is objective. <laughs> There's definitive qualities that you can rank <laughs> better better than Crank, but it's uh, it's not as good as other things we've watched. Okay, all right. It's no it's no collateral. It's no collateral. <laughs> yeah. Very few things can be collateral. <laughs> wow, it's a surprise every day that you love collaterals. I don't know why I can't explain it. I wish I didn't because I feel like it's just become a joke at this point. Right. I wish. I <laughs> it's a fine movie to say that this is your favorite movie. Mm, I tried watching Heat though. That wasn't good. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick. Um, but, but on that note, I think that you get to, to tell us what we're going to watch next time. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> this is a thing that I knew would probably come to me, and I'm definitely not just saying this right now in order to buy myself a few precious additional seconds. You didn't pre-pro this? No, I thought about it, but then I kept forgetting to think about it. So I'm going to say... Well, that's one hell of a... No, this is it. I've already <laughs> got it. I've already got it. This is a thing that I know Coral has seen. I think Joey's might have seen a few seconds of it, especially with the sound off. <laughs> but I think I'm going to attempt comedy with Joey. <laughs> comedy. Have we done comedy? And I think the movie for our next viewing, it's the only way to start 2020. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Have we, yeah. have we done a comedy movie? We've done 
comedy. Movies that are com. Oh, we did Airplane. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> and like Clueless is yeah. comedy. Not Black Christmas. Probably not. Um, so Hot Fuzz is Edgar Wright's uh, like 2006-ish, I think. So Simon Great Pegg, year for Nick movies. Frost. That's when Craig was released. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Hot Fuzz. It's it's I it's it's one of my top three. I love this movie dearly. So we'll see if I can make Joey if I can tickle Joey's funny bone. I'm very curious how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that is the next episode. Um, if you want to listen to it early and or watch a video version, go back us over on patreon.com slash cyber garbage. There you get access to an audio version early, video version early. And unlike those freeloaders who just get it on their podcast feed and you get less quality, it's, it's, it's like a whole thing. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining us. So go watch Hot Fuzz. Bye. Bye. Peace. My, my, here come the fuzz.